This is Cole. And this is Ron. We are the creative team. Asking the tough questions like, Hey Cole. Yeah, Ron? What if Hulkamania never ran wild? Hey, Ron. Yes, Cole? What if Rick wasn't ravishing? That's rude. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Cole, I got an idea. I can see that. Hey, Ron, I got an idea. I love it. My sister, Candace Murray. Look, up in the sky, it's the creative team. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome back to another exciting episode of The Creative Team. I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I was really hoping you were going to like chime in so I can interrupt you with the creative team announcement, but you know, you didn't bite and I failed. It backfired, (laughs) but you know, I could just, I could just edit that in, you know, for comedy's sake. But other than that, I'm doing fantastic. It's been a splendid week. I'm looking forward to this topic. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's one of our special take it up with creatives and we'll get to our subject later. But for now, according to Instagram, my Instagram, I got to see the cat come out of the bag. Well, the bluish mess come out of the balloon, rather. Would you like to explain <laughs> what I'm talking about? Would you like to announce uh, some sort of special uh, milestone in your family? Well, as all of our loyal listeners know, we did have my brother-in-law, Johnny Gargano, on the show a few weeks ago. Who's he married and to? He's married to my sister, Candace LeRae. That's and right. they are expecting their first child. And, uh, I mean... I feel like Johnny wasn't being too, too very, very, he wasn't doing a very good job of kayfabing the uh, sex, the gender, or well, no, we're going sex, yes, because gender is a choice, sex is biological, so properly spoken, the sex of the baby for now uh, is male, and uh, that was what they were all hoping for, that's what they were exciting for, and uh, as we, we kind of joked about it, that I have three daughters, my brother has one biological daughter. Uh, now, he does have the bonus son, and then our adopted brother, Warren, does have a son. But uh, this will be the first biological Dawson uh, uh, family, well, in our in our wedge of the Dawson family, this is the first biological uh, son that we'll be having. So we're all very excited for this. Um, <clears throat> but the video is absolutely splendid, ladies and gentlemen. They, you know, I, I really appreciate that my sister... It's so funny. I was joking with her. I told her, you're Grandma Dawson. That's who you are. Like That is the character that you are playing. Just like you're so straightforward, no fun whatsoever, and everyone's just running around being a bunch of jackasses, much like all the Dawson men. And, <laughs> and you're just trying to keep a straight face and keep your shit together. But, uh, the yeah, the video is comedy gold, and, uh, you know, my sister got blue in the face. So... <laughs> Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic, and it just goes to show that she's totally made for the entertainment funny stuff. Uh, you know, it, it's funny she uh, you say she's Grandma Dawson, totally unfun and what's and all that stuff. But like, I used to <laughs> I used to make fun of her that uh, she would just throw a party for somebody sneezing because that was like in our twenties. There'd be a party every other Friday at the Dawson house, and Candace would be throwing yeah. it. And there'd be a giant margarita bowl that everyone would just share. Boy, that that doesn't age well. We ain't sharing a margarita bowl anymore. Yeah, yeah, anymore. that's right. Yeah, yeah. No more, no more punch bowl drinks uh, in current times. But uh, that there was, 
uh, she did the same gag at one of our uh, uh, children's birthday parties uh, when she was going through uh, schooling to get uh, uh, her uh, certifications as a certified chef. My sister, Candice LeRae, is a certified chef. You could check out her uh, chef videos on the YouTubes that were sponsored by NXT. Uh, she did uh, uh, just a handful of awesome videos where she prepared delicious treats. Um, but while she was going through school, she made a couple of really cool friends that were awesome that also ingratiated themselves into the family. As Ron knows, that's if you're if you're friends, you're family in this group. So uh, <clears throat> one of her friends, Val, uh, came over and drank most of the punch bowl by herself <laughs> and then proceeded uh, to vomitando all over the driveway in the middle of the child children's birthday party. <laughs> And she's embarrassed about it to this day, but uh, so let's talk about out. it on a podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, she's not listening. Let's be honest. Nobody is. <laughs> well, not nobody. There are dozens and dozens of fans of our show. One final thing I like to touch on regarding the 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 very lucky child that's about to come to this world. I call it the real Gargano escape, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> but how? Like, how great uh, are his cakes going to be uh, on his birthday? Right. Like, you know, she went above and beyond for your daughters, but we're just we're going to go to his first birthday party. I'm like, hey, where's the cake? And she's like, you're standing in it. <laughs> Dude, that, that reminds me of another birthday party story. So after my sister's wrestling career kind of blew up, right, and she was taking independent bookings just like crazy, and she was going all over the world uh, the week of the birthday party. Um, and this was, she has provided the cake for every single one of my children's birthday parties. Uh, and now at this point, now that she lives halfway across the country, instead of flying in to save the day and bake a cake the day of, um, she's been sending delicious cakes to the children because that's way easier. But uh, at this point, she had baked every cake and sculpted and decorated and all that nonsense. And uh, there are pictures on, on the Instagram if you guys want to go. I mean, she's an incredible cake baker. My sister is tremendously talented in many fields. But this particular week, I think on Thursday, she was in Canada. And then she flew to North Carolina on Friday. Took a red eye from North Carolina to Riverside, California. <laughs> Got no sleep whatsoever. Arrived. Baked the cake. Caught another red eye from out of Ontario to catch a connecting flight in Houston um, where she was supposed to wrestle somewhere down there and then go up to, to Cleveland the next day. Well, unfortunately, this was during hurricane season and she got stuck in Houston overnight <laughs> after three days of like cross country, multi country travel and. <laughs> Oh, that was a miserable weekend, but, like, the all-star that is Aunt Candace is, cannot, I cannot say enough good things about it. Because not only does she go above and beyond to provide my children with all these delightful treats and cakes and, you know, spending eight hours putting cake together after she just had the travel weekend from hell. To not, <laughs> to continue the travel weekend from hell and get stuck in an airport for 12 hours. Uh she is, I couldn't ask for a better role model for having three daughters, so I cannot wait 
to try to be half as good a role model for my nephew. And yeah, we're going to move on before I start crying right here. So yeah. Enough about Gregory Helms ruining Candace's trips. So. <laughs> oh, stand back. All right. Ron's on fire today, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, my new finishing move is called the Tension Breaker. <laughs> oh, should we? Oh, speaking of bad ideas, uh, should we? <laughs> should we touch on some of our I can see that stories from last week? I believe you were pitching something about being the kingpin of some sort. <laughs> oh my god, no, <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. I think you were talking about me going back to wrestling, and I was just like, no. Nah. There's enough bald, tattooed, jacked guys. Even if I got really jacked, like Karrion Cross jacked, there's enough Karrion Crosses out there, and I've seen what happens to Karrion Crosses of the world. So then we just went off on a tangent about, what if I just dress up like Kingpin and then just be like just some offshoot Marvel character? But then I watch AEW this week, and, and uh, Andrade uh, refers to himself as the Kingpin. So yeah, that's like, what reminded me. So <laughs> was that. But my counter to that was we should start a faction of uh knockoff bat villains <laughs> where we have like the quiz master and the puffin and but my favorite of all of this bad idea that uh got rolling downhill was murder gator instead of killer croc murder gator is my favorite thing and i might actually pitch that at some point uh and try to do it because fuck it all you have to do is like 80s bullshit and back rakes and eye pokes and just be the murder gator and have fun that's amazing. I, I I would definitely pitch it out a window. So, oh man, yeah, that went downhill. But uh, you know, speaking of uh, downhill, you know, after the event that is the epicenter of what this episode is going to be, would you like to touch on what we have in store for the audience today? Today we are going to be taking it up with creative because speaking of really bad ideas that should have got tossed out of a window. Uh, Owen Hart's booking after the Montreal Screwjob is maybe one of the biggest atrocities in the history of professional wrestling. I mean, it's that is just uh, they that is a storyline on a platter. Um, time to move somebody who's the reason Owen Hart stayed after the Montreal Screwjob was because Vince McMahon felt so strongly that they needed Owen Hart in the company because he was the most talented. Uh, you know, for the based on the direction the company was going, he wouldn't let Owen go, and he even offered him more money to keep him whole and keep him there. You would think they were going to do something with him, and they absolutely did not. They dropped the ball, shit the bed, and uh, it was just awful. Um, <clears throat> but based on recent events and everything that's going on, uh, Ron and I, frankly, are quite excited about the state of professional wrestling right now. And we're excited, so we are going to be doing a fantasy draft coming up in the coming weeks. We're going to do, for the first time ever, a current fantasy draft. We are going to do the 2021 fantasy draft, where Ron and I get to pick from all of the wrestlers that are available to us currently and today. Uh, we are dubbing this the Race for Walter, because whoever wins that coin flip is taking Walter. You all know this. This will be the most hotly... Uh, anticipated coin flip in the history of the creative team. And uh, I'm actually going to maybe, uh, you know, not to spoil the magic, but I'm going to actually flip a coin for realsies this time so that I have a chance because I want Walter, goddammit. <laughs> oh, so you haven't been flipping the coin. So me winning all the coin tosses was actually strategic on your part. 
It all makes sense. Yes. Yeah, no, uh, I'm actually excited for this. This is actually one draft that's actually been requested live on air by one of our guests, Gino Rivera. And he's like, man, if you guys do a 2021 draft, I got to be a part of it. So, hey, little Easter egg there. We're going to be reaching out to that guy shortly. Um, so, but yeah, no, I'm excited. And it is the race for Walter. And this is stuff that we talked about behind the scenes that Walter is like our guy as far as the modern day era goes. And if we ever did a 2021 draft, it's literally the first pick. Whoever wins, it's going to be Walter. Um, which leads me to believe that we have monstrous plans for the gentleman. And I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm excited, yes. And, you know, what a way to transition from our fantasy good booking to the atrocity <laughs> that is the bad booking of Owen Hart post-Montreal Screwjob. Cole, you are the ringleader of the first part of this episode. Can you recap us on what Mr. Owen went through after this historical moment? Okay, so we got to go back to November 9th, 1997. Uh, we all know what happened. We all heard about it a million times. But just to recap a little bit, uh, Brett the Hitman Hart was the WWF champion. He had signed a 20-year commitment to the WWF, and Vince McMahon was getting his ass kicked by WCW all the way up until this point. And so he did not feel he would be able to honor Brett's contract so he released him from it so he could negotiate with WCW. And WCW backed up the freaking Brinks truck and offered him $3 million a year. And so Vince was more than happy to let him go and make all the money. Um, but there was a big disagreement over who he would lose the title to. Um, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart had been feuding for months and months, maybe years at this point. And Bret did not want to drop the belt to Shawn Michaels. But Vince McMahon being the owner of the company and wanting to just, you know, put all his eggs in the Shawn Michaels basket, insisted that Shawn be the guy. And they could not come to some kind of an agreement before the Survivor Series. And so they just screwed Brett. They changed the finish and they had, they rang the bell uh, against what the planned finish was by Brett and everyone involved. And they took the belt off of Bret Hart, and he got really pissed off, spit in the face of Vince McMahon, and uh, created the greatest villain in the history of professional wrestling in that moment. So, at the end of this pay-per-view, Owen Hart and Davey Boy are in the ring with Bret, trying to console him and uh, calm him down. And so we're going to pick up from the next moment there. So, right now, what actually happened from that moment on, uh, Owen Hart was off TV for a few weeks. <clears throat> and then in December, at the In Your House pay-per-view, he returned and attacked Shawn Michaels after his title defense. And then on Monday Night Raw, December 29th, uh, Shawn Owen Hart challenged Shawn Michaels for the World Wrestling Federation Championship, only to be screwed over by Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Um... Very shortly after that, Owen won the European title from Triple H. Well, he won it from Gold Dust, dressed up as Triple H, to try to put one over on Owen. But Sarge said, you know what? They sent Triple H out. I'm counting it. And so he, he, he upheld the win. Uh, and then in the rematch, Owen Hart injured his ankle in storyline mode. Uh, in a match versus Barry Windham, Triple H came out, beat up Owen, uh, injured his ankle. So Owen promptly went to the announce desk 
And uh, after some weeks of goading and challenging, Triple H finally gets Owen in there. This is when he actually lost the title. Sorry for that misspeak there. Um, and, and because China interfered and whatever. Um, but then this storyline was just kind of dropped. The feud between Owen and DX just really didn't go anywhere after that. And uh, nothing really happened until after WrestleMania, where Owen Hart turned fucking heel on Ken Shamrock. He was tagging with Ken Shamrock, and he turned heel and joined the Nation of Domination. This, of course, reignited the feud with Owen Hart and DX. I guess their logic was, you know, Owen's still going to be mad at DX, so why not? And this, of course, led to the segment that they probably can't show on TV anymore. I don't know if it's even on the cock, but uh, this is when DX dressed up in blackface and made fun of the New Age Outlaws, or sorry, made fun of the Nation of Domination. And they dubbed Owen the little nugget of shit that you can't flush down the toilet. And that started the endless chance of nugget, nugget, nugget. And they successfully buried freaking Owen Hart after all this. But, I mean, Owen had a nice little feud with Shamrock where they had a match in the dungeon, I do believe. And then they had the Lion's Den match, which was, you know, the Octagon. And they both won one match, and then they never had a blow-off. And Owen just kind of twiddled away with the Nation of Domination for the rest of 1998. Until basically the group just stopped existing because The Rock moved on to bigger and better things. And Owen was left with a whole lot of nothing to do. And then he started tagging with <laughs> one of our favorites, J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T, uh, with Deborah by his side. Jeff Jarrett, Owen Hart, and Deborah. Uh, and this was going fairly well. They had some success up until the point where they pitched to Owen Hart that he should start a love triangle with Deborah, and Owen refused because he's a happily married man and the Hart family had always been very close to the vest and they've blurred the lines of reality where the whole family was had been involved on TV and in different storylines so Owen did not at all want to do this so they saddled him with the Blue Blazer the Blue Blazer which was great because he had this tag team with Jeff Jarrett thing going on at the same time as the Blue Blazer shenanigans. They even got Coco Beware to be the Blue Blazer one night, and as if nobody would notice that all of a sudden the skin tone of the Blue Blazer had changed. Now, I will. it was nice that Owen and Jeff Jarrett did win the tag team titles at some point, and they lost them to Kane and X-Pac on Raw, and of course the Blue Blazer shenanigans led to the unfortunate events where Owen Hart died way too young and way too early because they just didn't want to give Owen the right push and put him over because he wasn't attitude enough for the attitude era. So at this moment, uh, at the at the moment of the Montreal screw job, obviously we had Triple H and and, and uh, Shawn Michaels doing the DX thing. We had uh, PCO Pierre Carl Olette. Al Snow, Ahmed Johnson, D'Lo Brown, the New Age Outlaws, uh, Farouk in the Nation, uh, the Legion of Doom was around, Mankind, Gold Dust, Ken Shamrock, Jerry Lawler, Kane, the Hardy Boys, the Rock and Roll Express were here at this point, of all things. They had a little bit of a Rock and Roll Express run. 
Savio Vega, Takamishinoku, The Rock, The Undertaker, Big Van Vader is still around at this point, Val Venus, S.A. Rios, The Godfather, William Regal, and Steve Blackman are all with the company at this moment. So, now we are tasked with throwing away this pile of shit and coming up with a better idea for how we get Owen Hart over and give him a big push coming straight out of the Montreal Screwjob. Oh, before we start, Ronald, uh, what do you what what do you think about what happened with Owen Hart during this spread? I thought we saw like the Owen Hart screw job just play out in long form after the fact. You know, it was just one head scratcher after another. Now I don't know if maybe Owen's heart wasn't in it anymore. Uh or maybe the creative just was that, you know, he just wasn't a priority. I realized there was a lot of things going on at the time, but you know, that was a pivotal moment, and he was such an important chess piece to capitalize on, and I feel like they capitalized, well, they didn't capitalize on it at all. They just put him with the nation of domination for some reason. Now, granted, that did produce one of the funniest skits I've ever seen, because I was 12, and that was funny to me. But, uh, yeah, no, a lot could have been done better. We don't know the circumstances or the reasonings behind it, but... You know, that's what shows like these are for to fantasy book and see what we can come up with and what we would have loved to see and uh, get some feedback as to if they like what if the audience likes what we came up with or, you know, if they have something better. But hey, who do you want to go first in regards to this storyline? Well, uh, I'm uh, you know, uh, it depends. Did you prepare a wonderful, glorious, uh, fantastic, you know, uh, big hoe esque storyline for this <laughs> no i couldn't do that to owen hart i did have some bullet points i didn't i didn't prepare like a big script this time i'm going you know somewhat off the cuff and relying on my brain and fandom and hey all the best wrestling conversations happen that way but i know you took some notes i know you got some uh hot takes to uh, present because i know the hearts are they hit home for us right in the feels and i know we're gonna do right by them and i got something good and i'm just gonna jump into it because I have about from that moment until about two months after WrestleMania. And I really think that is the appropriate amount of time to really solidify Owen as a top guy. And I'm going to go a little bit risky here because after Montreal Screwjob, I don't, we don't need to get into it. We already talked about it. But you'll recall the interview between Jim Ross and Vince McMahon, the Brett Screwed Brett interview. That's going to yeah. take place the next night on Raw or it was the following week, whatever. But the point is, after that interview takes place, the very next Raw, we don't even have an open, there's no music, there's nothing. We just open the show with the spotlight in the ring, and it's Owen Hart just in a, in a chair, just sitting. And he looks defeated, he's in, he's in just street clothes, he's not dressed up at all, and he gets a microphone and just says, I don't have anything else to say except I need Vince McMahon to come out here right now. And, you know, the chairman himself, this is pre-No Chance in Hell. It's just quiet, no entrance, no entrance music. He just comes out, and he's prepared to face what he, whatever he has to face. And, you know, you'll recall months later, we didn't really get the Vince McMahon character where he really embraced the heel persona. So he was still playing the straight man, the straight owner at the time. But here's where I go a little risky. <clears throat> he gets in the ring. They face off. Owen stares at him right in the face and goes, like, let's get, some, let's get something straight, Vince. I only have one thing to say to you. 
We did it! <laughs> Woo! Oh, yes! That's right! It took three whole years, but I finally got that greedy, selfish, self-absorbed big brother of mine out of this company, out of our lives, and it was thanks to this man right here for pulling the trigger. I told you, Vince, I had your ear the whole time. I tell you, you hit him where it hurts. You tell him that he needs to do business in Montreal, and he didn't do business in Montreal, and we made him do business in Montreal. Woo! And then you have the most hated person on the planet in Owen Hart all over again. It's Shades of 1994, and you just double down on Owen being this heel. You try to resolve uh, the issue between him and Michaels by saying, like, Michaels comes out and plays the whole he didn't know card, blah, 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 and it was actually them the whole time, and then we get, we don't get that right away because we got Bulldog and Jim Neihart to deal with, with, with Owen. You know, I would, I would, I would really solidify Owen as just a douchebag heel, and Vince actually shows his cards as a true villain, and, and kind of calls Owen like the better heart and always kind of gets that jab. And, you know, Owen, he's just doing business. You know, even Brett might be like proud he's doing business on the other side. Yeah, fuck it. Owen's, get, Owen's getting praise off my back, even to this day. So I would have Owen go after, well, no, not go after, but Jim, Jim Reinhardt, just get rid of him, have Owen beat him, have Owen beat Bulldog. And then I would have Owen in the Royal Rumble. And mind you, if that if this is what we're what we're going with, he can go on to say that he broke Stone Cold Steve Austin's neck and ended his brother's career all in one two month span, and wow. <laughs> and then he'll take that all the way to the Royal Rumble. And I wouldn't even have Austin do the big stun everybody on the way to the Royal Rumble. I would just have Stone Cold return at the Royal Rumble to a gloating Owen Hart saying he broke his neck and re and retired his brother. In the, in the most epic real screw job in history, they actually make it a work, even though it's not a even though it's not a work. They're just really driving home the the reality aspect of it. So I would cool. say have Owen and Stone Cold feud, have them be the last two in the Rumble, and then I would have. Can I can I jump in and expand upon your Rumble idea here? Sure. Okay. So so if we're going this route, right? Because <laughs> I love it. Do reverse would, 97. Yes, pretty much. I would have Owen in, in the Rumble tossing people like, come out, clear the ring, get a mic, and just be talking trash about how he's going to win the title because he broke Stone Cold's neck. He got rid of Bret Hart. He's the only, you know, like they did all this stuff, even though he had nothing to do with any of these things. And, and then he's talking shit after he eliminates another guy or two. And, that's when we get the glass shatter and Owen, I could just see Owen's face and the whole reaction to Austin coming down after Owen Hart's uh, has been cutting these promos and talking trash. And now we're set up for after WrestleMania for Owen and Austin to feud, which is great. Um, oh man, that's so good. I really like it. This is not, this is definitely not where I went, but uh, you went full like heat seeking missile heat. So, Yes, Good for you. In my in my fantasy land, I'm just hoping that everyone is just understanding, and we're just like, hey, let's just do business. Let's fucking go. You know, uh, DX is getting like the wrong kind of heat right now. You know, they're like borderline 
you know, let's cheer the bad guys type of type of type of thing going. So, you know, we can even keep the babyface momentum going. They only hate Shawn Michaels in the smart mark lands. So if they like really create a heel and make it personal with a family member, that's something I would be grinning at if I was watching it like as an adult. Yeah, um, because that was the biggest that was the hardest part of this era is that this is really an era where nobody was really a heel. Like nobody was getting heat because Austin was I mean, they, they did the double switch at WrestleMania 13 and made Austin a babyface. But at the same time, he was still kind of a heel. I mean, DX was over because they were, even though they were being jerks, like, they were, it was funny as shit. Like, you couldn't not laugh at it. So, like, the WrestleMania main event, we didn't really have a heel. Like, you know, Sean was a jerk, and, and people were still mad about the screw job, but it wasn't like, you know real heel heat it wasn't pure heel heat i think oh my god i like this is a brilliant idea to have one last like gigantic heel in this era of really no heels i mean kane would be coming into the fold about this time and so that helped that provided some of something of a real heel but my goodness like oh this would make owen a top heel especially with sean's health being questionable at that time i think i mean it would have been a great setup for them i'm not i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah well i mean you did you did stop me uh in mid storyline so i gotta keep oh, yeah, going yeah yeah you because still got more to go i'm gonna keep the risking going because you alluded to well this is definitely a post wrestlemania feud that you're planting no 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 we're rewriting <laughs> history here we are rewriting history here because what i'm thinking is that Shawn michaels is angry for the wrong reasons and i'm not going to go too off on a tangent on why and how but my storyline is uh, on that side of things. Shawn Michaels and DX and the original DX as we know it is going to end anyway. So I'm going to go to the implosion angle. And WrestleMania 14, well, let's, let's get there. Because the final two of the Royal Rumble is going to be Owen Hart and Stone Cold. And we're going to do the classic finish of both feet touch the floor. Well, all four feet touch the floor. And we have no idea who's going to WrestleMania. So the big brilliant idea, as you know, last time they did it, they did all the matches at WrestleMania. Well, we got the first No Way Out ever coming up in 1998. And in No Way Out, the way that they stipulize this is that we are going to have two matches, but Owen Hart is going to get the match at No Way Out. And on the way, Shawn Michaels and Triple H are kind of planting a disurgence amongst the, amongst the group. So Triple H is going to fuck Shawn Michaels over on this match and Owen Hart is going to win in dastardly fashion become for the first time ever the new World Wrestling Federation champion which means Austin and Owen Hart are going to go at it at WrestleMania and we're going to have Shawn Michaels versus Triple H at WrestleMania 14 as well and then Shawn Michaels will go away and Triple H will continue the new DX as planned but I would definitely just double down on Owen going to WrestleMania with the title against Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you have Stone Cold avenging his broken neck against the guy who caused it, and you finally get the wrestling's revenge on the guy who ended the career of one of the most beloved technical wrestlers in the history of ever, and it'll be a loss that will not hurt him because the heat is so vivid. I would have him feud with Austin the next two matches instead of Dude Love, and after that, it's really easy pickings as far as Owen being a top guy. That guy will survive on his own as a top heel for life. Because let's be honest, that's where he thrived. That he was the best heel in, in 1994. 
And I think he's got enough stock in his character at this point to move forward and get championships down the road here and there. <clears throat> now, I will say that my storyline, uh, I get there with Owen Hart being the heel. Uh, but I chose to capitalize on the white meat baby face that we could make Owen at this point. Um, but I I'm not going to lie. I'm a little, a little jealous because that is just brilliant. I mean, realistically, like... It, you actually could see that. Yeah, I actually, actually could see that, would pitch that, would get behind that full force uh, when we had that meeting about what the fuck we're going to do with Owen Hart, like, right after the screw job. I mean, that is just brilliant. Like, my problem going into this is just kind of knowing a little bit of the Hart family, you know, politics and dynamic and knowing... Also, my problem with anything in this era with Shawn Michaels is knowing that he's not going to do business. Like, so, like, this is just like a major clusterfuck of what do we actually do after this? This because, is all fantasy. Yeah, even though <laughs> we screwed over Brett and the Hart family is still to this day just kind of a mess over this situation. Um, wow, I mean, that's just brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> um, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I, I think for the first time here, uh, you, you you just like you totally got me flabbergasted, and I I don't even want to pitch this story. Oh, I gotta hear it. <laughs> but uh, where I where I chose another real life fact is I'm not gonna bring Owen back right away immediately. So I'm gonna leave him off TV for a little while. Um, but we also know that uh, this screw job caused Rick Rude to quit. Because they, it, 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 so he quit the company, went to WCW, and Mick Foley uh, chose not to go to work the next couple days because of this screw job. So where my head was at was I want to capitalize on a little bit of this, like because see part part of the other thing that gives me a little bit of hesitation is that um, even though they did the, I I was kind of torn as to whether they're going to want to relive this whole screw job thing over and over again and really dig into it or if they'd want to try to just distance themselves from it immediately and forget about it so that they can send Vince back to being a good, you know, just the commentary guy. Um, but at the same time, Vince cut that shitty, awful promo that made him even more of a heel by saying Brett screwed Brett. And then they had Shawn Michaels out on TV with the midget guy you know with, with the little guy dressed up like brett the hitman heart and embarrassing him so i'm gonna go ahead and say they weren't too scared to lean into it and that's where i'm gonna go with my storyline so we're not gonna hear from own heart for a couple weeks and then we're gonna catch own heart in the back just he's there he's arriving at the building and so we're gonna do a backstage vignette you know maybe owen's going to catering whatever he's wandering around looking for vince and good old mankind, McFoley is going to stop him. And he's going to give Owen some words of encouragement and tell him, you know, how frustrated and upset he is that this could happen and how, you know, he himself does, do, do, he doesn't think that he could keep working for the company and this and that after, if this is how they're going to treat their top guys. And Owen Hart would assure him, like, hey, man, we all got families. We got to feed this and that. And Owen Hart does the good thing and says, well, keep working, but, you know, 
talk to me later. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, you know, but don't, don't, don't do this on my, you know, on behalf of my family. I, I appreciate it all. And then, uh, we start a little bit of a friendship there with Mick Foley and, and Owen Hart. And, uh, that's where we're definitely, we're in the same spot where Owen Hart needs to confront Vincent Mann. That has to be like the thing that happens on Owen's return. And so um, upon Owen Hart's return, I'm just going to pull the trigger a little bit faster on this Vince McMahon thing. And uh, we're going to get him involved as a heel. And he's going to end up being involved with DX here. But Owen is going to confront Mr. McMahon in the ring. And he's going to be berating him. And something's going to happen where Vince is going to say something about, you know, are you trying to screw yourself too, pal? (laughs) And uh, then things are going to start to get a little bit physical. And that's when... Uh, Triple H and HBK in China hit the ring, make the save, and they put the boots to Owen. And then we got good old mankind, babyface McFoley, here, and he's going to make the save. And that's going to start a little bit of a feud there between DX and Owen Hart and McFoley. And that'll get us to Royal Rumble, where I, there's just no stopping the the bullet train that is Austin in my book. So, like, at this point, we can't mess with history too much. There's no denying that Stone Cold Steve Austin is the guy. He's going to be the guy, and he needs to be crowned the champion at WrestleMania 14. So, I like, there's just no way around that. Um, but after a few months of, of this feud, you know, DX will get, get one over on them. And so then at WrestleMania, of course, we, we dub Austin the guy. But now Vince is, is – and I still want to do the stuff with Vince McMahon – in Austin, and then we've got Kane involved. We got all that, but but now we also have a pissed off Owen Hart who's got beef with Vince McMahon. He's mad at McFoley. So now we have this trio of people that are in the crosshairs of Vince McMahon, and we can pull the trigger on the corporation starting just a little bit earlier than maybe it did um, in reality. And we've got The Rock, and we've got Kane, and we've got Paul Bearer involved. We've got uh, Triple H, of course, and uh, he could he could still form the new DX and all that. But all those guys are going to be kind of loosely working together. And now we've got Owen Hart in a spot where he's a top guy. He's there with Austin. He's there with Mick Foley. And we've got, you know, we've got the perfect foe. We've got Vince McMahon. So at this point, we've already elevated Owen Hart to being a tippy top guy. He's in there. He's in the group. Um. But I agree, Owen Hart's best work is as a heel. Um, so with DX, you know, emerging and still doing their shit, uh, we've got Val Venus going on. We've got the Godfather. I still want to capitalize on the fact that Owen Hart isn't going for all of that nonsense at some point. So as this feud's kind of dying out, we see Owen Hart starting to pull away from Stone Cold because of all the cussing and stuff. We have a lot of these cool segments where they're talking about, like, like, you know, Steve, do we really need to be flipping people off? Like, do we really need to be doing this? And uh, what's going to happen ultimately is that Owen is going to cost Austin the title. And that's when we've got the Rock and Austin feud. That can go off, and it's cool. Owen doesn't need to chase down Stone Cold anymore. Not just yet. But now we have an Owen Hart McFoley feud right out of this. And Owen Hart can turn his finger and point it at Mick Foley, too, saying, oh, don't think I forgot about you. You're the one trying to kill my sport, the thing that my family's loved all this time, with your garbage wrestling. 
And now we've got a little bit of that ECW attitude going around. We could get, you know, we could get a match with Owen and, and Jerry Lawler all of a sudden start seeing eye to eye. And then they're doing they're they're doing a little bit of crossover with ECW. So we could get some Owen Hart RVD matches. We could get Owen Hart and Sabu. Um, but th- this would start a long run of Owen Hart being more of a top heel where he wants to eliminate the guys like Val Venus and and uh, the Godfather. Um, but meanwhile, we've still kept Owen kind of close to that top because we can have him go over on Mick Foley even when it's all said and done because we got Rock and Mankind over. Or we got Rock and Austin over here feuding. You know, Mankind can jump into that. But I just really like the idea of Owen Hart kind of doing that right to censor gimmick beforehand because I think he's got – it's just like his voice and his delivery is so good that we could get all of that. And then eventually we circle back. To WrestleMania, well, even SummerSlam, whenever it is, WrestleMania 15, um, we've got Owen Hart, we've got Mick Foley, we've got Austin, we got Rock, we got all this stuff going on. There's just a lot of possibilities there. But I, I think it'd just be like you, for me, I would want to capitalize on the baby, fa- baby face thing to elevate him first, and then we can give him a top heel run going forward. But it's so hard for me to argue against what you set up there. Like, it's so good. If that, oh my goodness, just picturing that promo of Owen celebrating in the ring that he doesn't have to be under Brett's shadow anymore. <laughs> Embracing Vince McMahon before Vince McMahon actually turns heel. This, is, this will turn McMahon television heel in front of an audience and I think when the moment happened, you kind of naturally babyface Owen Hart anyway. So when yeah. he turns immediately back yeah, on that, the exact opposite of what everyone expects. Like exactly, it would be shocking. Yeah, it would be uh, shocking for a real thing that actually took place. And I'm hoping, since like you know, this is this is next week. How I have them come out and do that. I hope they're still in yeah. Canada. You know, for that. Oh, I know. That'd be great. Not uh, even next week, just the Monday after WrestleMania. You know, that raw. Yeah, just oh, and, and then him gloating about. Uh, you know, breaking the machine's new favorite toy and and then throwing away the old favorite toy. It was all him the whole time, and nobody knew it until they were all gone. And that was his wow. master plan. And he takes that bragging all the way to the Royal Rumble. Is that's when we get Stone Cold back with the glass shattering? You know, history will say that Stone Cold wins that Royal Rumble, but I think we drag it out and have them both touch the floor, and then they work some sort of stipulation where. Owen gets the first shot, and Austin goes to Mania, and he gets the winner, and then Austin. Well, I just, I just don't think there's any any real argument to be made that that Austin versus Owen coming out of Mania is way better than what they did. Oh I yeah, I mean, like there's just like because Austin was a champ for what a month. Yeah, he should have got his comeuppance on Owen that that story writes itself but you know maybe there was just you know bad blood on the whole aftermath of the whole ordeal but, but I uh, mean but, but even still by WrestleMania 14 like Vince McMahon has kind of you know embraced the fact that he's the heel owner of this company and yeah. uh, like we got Kane almost immediately after WrestleMania where they just crowned Austin the champion like he, Austin never got a real title run like he never got a, like a long term He's the top guy. No one else exists. He's the champion. No one can beat him. Run because the the mis 
the Vince McMahon stuff was just too good. So I, I this would have been a brilliant way. Like I would have just run with with that. Like <laughs> screw screw McFoley. I mean, we got plenty of time for the Owen and McFoley. But like, like to me, because Austin McFoley and The Rock all became such big baby faces coming out of the screw job and into WrestleMania 14 and on to 15. Like, there's just no way around it that they needed a top heel and they really didn't have one. So doing this with Owen just makes sense. Like, it just makes perfect sense. And now he's, like, literally the top heel in the company with Kane. It's like you got Kane and Owen. And then you've got, you know, Taker. I mean, Triple H ended up being, you know, kind of the top heel there. He, they elevated him. But, like, if you just elevated Owen with this great storyline you pitched here, now we've got three top heels. We've got three top babyface. We've got three years of storylines just out of that one brilliant idea you just had right now, my friend. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, and then Owen will be on top of the mountain for guys like Chris Jericho to come in, guys like Kurt Angle yeah. to come in, guys like the Radicals to come in. He'll be there on top you know, making these guys and having classic matches that we never got to see along the way. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, I think this is one instance where you and I have been creative and I like am confidently that I actually got the upper hand this time. And this, (laughs) this really isn't like a contest, but like, I'm like, I'm salivating. I'm salivating at the thought of just Owen bringing us in with that. I only got one thing to say to you and then just embraces him and says, we did it. it. Our plan worked. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm just, uh, I'm like playing it in my head and I want to see that live. Yeah, so I'm, bad. I'm just saying in the last week, uh, my contribution was to creativity was murder gator and your contribution was Owen Hart tap dancing on the grave of his brother in the ring after the Montreal screw job and wow. gloating about actually almost ending the career of the new poster boy of the company. Oh man. And Seriously, like he had a shirt Vince that says uh, him and embracing him in the ring and Vince and Owen Hart just being best buds for like the next couple of months. Oh, my God. Yes. And oh. he, him being like the honorary member of the corporation. You know, you say he's clean cut and wants everything PG and clean. That would be perfect. That's the that is the corporation. It's just McMahon has his perfect protege in a wrestler. He's a he's a wrestler's wrestler and he's going to be the champion. And he's gonna, he's gonna be, he's the better heart. He's the heart and soul of the of the World Wrestling Federation. Oh, wow, wow! I gotta say, you know, uh, on these take it up with creatives. Although this was, I think this was one of my ideas uh, for sure. And I'd been kind of on the fence. It'd been fifty fifty ish. You know, we got, obviously we got the big hoe, which was just brilliance. I want to stop you there, sir. I have document text message footage of this being my idea. Thanks. <laughs> so continue. <laughs> Either way, uh, I, but today, <laughs> I think today we actually touched on finally the moat, like really just like the surefire can't miss, like this is going to be money idea that we've come up with on the show um, it, it, in a serious way, not necessarily a comedy way, because I think the uh, Big Ho obviously would have been, been a big hit and gotten over with the fans in the Attitude Era, but the, I don't know that would have done any favors for Mr. Sh- Mr. Uh, Paul White there, but <laughs> this, this would, this would have been a game changer. Like, there's no way that this didn't draw huge money, like, immediately. Like, this is like, that That move in and of itself would have been 
as big a part of changing the company as just Vince McMahon becoming a heel on all on his own. And we'd be talking about Owen Hart in a completely different light right now, and he'd probably still be with us, and uh, we would have had another 10 years of just phenomenal work out of one of the most talented performers in the history of professional wrestling. So Yes, if the industry was able to pull this off, uh, we'd be talking about Owen as a heel the way we would talk about Piper as far as like up there as a heel, as far as like heat seeking missiles. Cause yeah. we, we just talk about Owen. Oh, he was a, he was a better heel than he was a face, but no, we would be like, Oh man, who's a good heel? Owen Hart. Do you remember what he did to his brother? <laughs> oh, right. Right. Yeah. Well, we would have been talking about, yeah, this would have been like game changer. Like I think th- this storyline, if they pulled it off, we know Owen was going to have great matches. That would have been no doubt about it. And we know Owen had the comedic timing, but he also could be really serious and be obnoxious and just be great as a heel and get heat. Like, this would have put him – this is, like, the kind of storyline that could have put him in, like, the Mount Rushmore conversation that he doesn't get the credit for. But Because, frankly, I mean, he was just gone too soon. He never really got the chance to be a tippy-top guy. And, and even let's just say – that the accident didn't happen, and he stuck around with that blue blazer bullshit and Jeff Jarrett. When Jericho got there, and the Radicals, and you know William Regal, and those guys got there, they would have put him in the ring with, like they would have been in the ring with Owen. There's no doubt about it. He wasn't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and I, I think you know Bruce Bruce Pritchard has been steadfast in saying that you know Owen. If he could have hung around for a couple more years, if that accident didn't happen, he would have had a career resurgence and become a top guy and, and, and probably been a seven or eight time intercontinental champion and, and definitely would have been a world champion. So, oh, man, I this uh, got me really amped up. Do more. Take it up, my friend. Oh, well, I mean, what a way to transition from that statement to we're going to put a bow on this by telling our audience what we have planned for the next coming weeks, because we have plenty of Take It Up with Creatives coming your way, and one of which is going to be yours and my favorite, William Regal. Uh, I think, you know, if we look back at William Regal's career, uh, we've seen a lot of great moments, a lot of funny moments, and a lot of moments that I wouldn't trade for anything. As you can tell with the videos I've been sending you uh, uh, in the oncoming weeks, uh, he has a number of great talent as far as a comedic actor behind the scenes. But what doesn't get highlighted enough is how great of an in-ring general he was. And we're going to rewrite history from Mr. William Regal uh, the way we see fit, and I cannot wait to talk about that. Also, we got Take It Up With Creative 2 Cold Scorpio. This is really the first one I pitched when this idea was birthed by me, you son uh-huh. of a bitch. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so, you pitched 2 Cold Scorpio. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I will get the text messages. I will put them on Twitter. I will tag the fuck out of you. It's going to happen. I was like, hey, what if we pitched an idea where the guys that got wronged come to us to rewrite their creative. We call it Take It Up With Creative. Boom, we should do two Cold Scorpio. And then, oh, I cannot wait to prove your ass wrong. Oh, I'm so offended. This is my idea. Audience, remember this episode. This is the episode, part one of Ron Proves Cole Wrong, that he's a genius. And, oh, you got me fired up. I had too much caffeine. But anyway. Yes, we got William Regal coming up. We are going to revisit. Now, I will stipulate on the William Regal one, we are not going to talk about his first run 
we're going because that's when he was having you know issues that were beyond anyone else's control. Um, but once he got those issues under control and he came back to the WWF in the year 2000, we're going to pick it up from there um, and, and, and going forward as to how we're going to make William Regal a top guy and not just a mid-card jabroni. Wait, uh, so we're, we're not, we're not going to talk about... He's a man. Oh, Such a man. <laughs> Oh, you've been waiting a real, real man's man. Uh, you've been waiting all, all episode to do that because you couldn't get me during the intro, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, you caught me. But after <laughs> after that, I wasn't done. We also have, oh, I think this one's going to be a sleeper episode because this is another one of my underground favorites. Uh, Mike Awesome in WCW. That's going to be fantastic. That is the definition of a dropped ball that I am going to pick up and you're going to pick up and we're going to run with it because the man deserves better. The, the, the dude's a damn marvel in the ring for his size and I can't wait to discuss that man too. There you go. We got three take-it-ups coming your way and as mentioned before, we got the 2021 fantasy draft. Cole. You want to put a bow on this episode and start the outro now? Because if we start the outro now, we might be able to get the next episode in mm, two days. Ah. Well, sure. Thank you, we love you, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Mwah! Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly on Instagram or Twitter at Ron for Your Life. Number four, we'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.